What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Finesse Media Podcast, where each week we bring our listeners the hottest topics in entertainment, media, sports, HBCU news, and special guest celebrity interviews. When we are on air, you are in tune with what's brand new. Welcome to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media. I got my co-host, Treese, a millionaire girl. What's the deal? Welcome back, man. What's up, what's up, what's up? You already know who it is. It's your girl, Teresa Millionaire. Man, Teresa, man. What an amazing time, man. You know, last night was cracking in my house, man. And uh, baby Ooh. boy is here, man. <laughs> the baby boy. Pronounce his, his name. Well, I don't know if you want people to know his name. No, absolutely. So uh, okay. for those who, who join in the show, uh, my son, Echo, A E. K O, so I love spelled, it. Yeah, man. So the pronunciation is very common, but the spelling is super peculiar. So A E K O, uh, Echo is in the building. Born ten, well, at ten o eight last night, February the twenty sixth, man. So it's been an amazing ride, man. And also, Echo. I can episode. As we knew, you know, that the baby was coming. On this episode, I wanted to really talk about my experience with, with the Badu concert, man, and that experience. And, you know, how Ooh. I, yeah, oh, my God, it was crazy, Trish. It was super crazy. So uh, I wanted to talk about that. But what was super crazier is that he was born on Badu birthday. So I was like, yo, that's pretty dope. <laughs> To celebrate, man. So hey, the stars align. Hey, he's he's gonna line. be a great man. I love yeah, the Echo. name. Who who thought of that? So Echo actually is Japanese because it means rare. So uh, yeah, man. So when you say that he's the stars of mine and things more. are different, the spelling, yeah. What'd I love it even more. I love it even yep. more. Rare, yeah. yes. And you say who thought about it? My wife thought about the name, man. And it had to kind of stay on me for a minute. Like, okay, do I want to stay with Echo? We actually thought about another name. I won't say it because then people will say, well, you should have named him that. So, but uh, no, Echo. I like I like Echo. I love it. I love yeah, it. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. But again, but we, 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 we tuned in. Definitely. Uh, thank you for joining in on another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. Make sure you check us out and follow us on all of our social media platforms. On, if you're on Twitter, check us out, underscore, at Finesse Media. And if you're on Facebook, Finesse Media LLC, check us out. And on Instagram, we're at Finesse Media. So Finesse Media on all things, man. Make sure you support, subscribe, and support the show. This episode, man, we got a powerful chick that's coming on, man, who I really enjoy. And I can't wait to speak uh, with, to, you know, let you guys know the talent that she has, man. So can't wait to bring Cherie on to the show later on in this episode, Man, Therese, um, what's been going on with you? I'm, I'm, I'm having kids over here. I know you managing the four and holding it down. <laughs> what's been going on with you? Ain't nobody messing with those kids over there, are they? No, man. I just, um, you know, so for those of our listeners who don't know, you know, I don't have any kids, but um, currently I've been uh, caring for um, some children or whatever. And what I didn't know is, everyone parents different right I didn't realize that okay um just like sometimes you don't realize until you're an adult that everybody's upbringing is different or everyone's version of clean is different what might be dirty to me might be clean to you so all that being said is um Let's just say it was a situation where you took someone to a party. You take your kids to a party, a skate party or something like that. And so you talk right, to right. the parents and you're like, okay, what time is it going to be over? 
they're like, okay, it'll be over at 7. All right, well, call me if it gets over, you know, earlier. If you need something else, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then you arrive at, you know, let's say you get there about 7.15, okay? And to your surprise, the birthday party's been over since like 6.30, 6.40. Whoa, so did, did they tell you the wrong time? I mean, what happened with that? And all the parents were gone that were supposed to be in charge of the party. And they left like their 16-year-old, 17-year-old in charge of Wait, the who? birthday party. No, that's not how we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so the 16-year-old is over the party uh, mm-hmm. or, or man in the place. What is mm-hmm. what is the age range of the party attendees? Five five year olds. No, five bro. year olds. No, but you said when you bro. arrived. But you said, Trees, when you arrived, the party was already over. It was already over. <laughs> when I went back, <laughs> not when I got there. When I went back, <laughs> the party was over. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So they kind of did the old switcheroo. When you left or when you dropped the kids off, it was parents there, chaperones. Yeah, yeah, when it was chaperones there. It was the switcheroo. and watching the kids. Yes, yes. Damn. And you know it's bad when when the baby tells you, I, I, I was going to call you, but I couldn't remember your number. And I know, I, I knew, no, I knew you was going to be mad. No, I knew please. you was going to be mad. <laughs> no, bro. No, bad parenting. That is fine. Bad parenting. And I said at that at that very moment, I said, you know what? To get a cell phone, another cell phone, I go to give to the kids when they are not around. Well, that's why you got to program my phone. number. That's wow. why I got the other cell phone. Because I was like, oh, this, you know, anything could happen. No, and I don't, though. you know, I I don't want that on my head, you know. So that's just, I bet a bunch of y'all are out there cracking up, but you know, you know, the parenting thing is new to me, and I'm just, you know, bobbing and weaving and doing the best I can. But I realize there's some folks out there, y'all parenting style is real messed up. No, or let's, I mean, you be, I won't say you messed be, up. It's just a little different. I personally wouldn't parent that way. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, especially but, yeah. if you. It's one thing to kind of have your cousins over and, and folks over uh, that you know, and then you leave and you got some other cousin that's a big cousin, uh, you know, who's watching the kids and the other relatives, I guess. And then you, that's different. But when you got strangers at your house, you know, those strangers, you know, they they. Put their trust, I guess, in you, shit. They thinking you're going to be there with their kids and the whole bit. And then you come back and you got your cousin watching these motherfuckers. And that's definitely not the business. <laughs> I mean, it is definitely <laughs> not the business. I'm it just saying definitely it's definitely not the business. But, Damn. you know, that's neither here nor there. So that's a little situation that I had. But other than that, over this way, it's been going good, you know. Just moving and shaking. Moving and shaking, man. <laughs> man, that's definitely the business. Um, and again, if you if you checking us out, man, we always shouting out HBCUs, man. So get your HBCUs in. Hit us up, finesse media podcast at gmail dot com, man. Let us know uh, if you want your HBCU to be on here, be spotlighted. We definitely want to make sure. You know what I noticed right when I just said the last word? Definitely. We want to make sure that you get your peoples on the show. That's what I want to finish the sentence with. But you know Absolutely. what I say a lot? People, have, people hit me up and say, yo, you say the word definitely like a hundred million times. Do they? In the episode. I just said it again. So that's my buzzword. Everybody got a buzzword. I think definitely yeah. is probably my buzzword. Mine, I think mine is absolutely. I say absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all I got those buzzwords. Yeah, <laughs> we all we all got those bird words. That You're listening to Finesse Media. Oh, whoa! <laughs> yeah, you are the listening DJ to Finesse Media podcast. <laughs> DJ, <laughs> chill out, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> it was super random. It was super random, man. But again, you listen to Finesse Media, man. But I tell you, man, the concert was off the chain. Shout out to Badu, man. Yeah, um, yeah. For those who know me, I go every year, uh, and this year was 
was no, uh, what can I say? Shit, it was off the chain, man. I, I, I put the fly up, the plug. I put a she couple does of such a good job from it, but she is a good time, yo. So it started. Uh, I don't have anybody to talk about this year because normally she brings surprise guests to perform yeah. or even just come out and say hello or happy birthday. But this year it was really about uh, other people. So she gave the platform for dancers across the world. So. The event took place in Dallas, Texas, um, February 22nd, 2020, at the Dallas Bomb Factory, man, which is a cool location. If you've never been to Dallas, if you come to Dallas, check out the Bomb Factory. It's a real cool venue. And Erica Badu's show, man, was off the fucking chain. Like, the acts, I, I guess I was starting to say, she brought dancers from all across the world, trees. And some of these dancers, man, of course, was bringing the culture. So some of the beats and music we never heard, but the style and the cadence uh, from these people, man, was just amazing. And then she had a strip of trees. Man, I don't even know who this chick was, but she's like, yeah. She's like, what now? <laughs> put the phone bought down. Out a, she bought I out a booty Yeah. You say what? She bought out a booty jumper? Let me tell you. So she wasn't necessarily, I shouldn't say a stripper. That was probably like giving her the lowest title for really what she was. She's not a dancer? She's a dancer, man. And if you want, you know, Did Twitter, she take Instagram, her clothes off. She posted who she is. Uh, but she was nice, man. She was doing it in such a melodic and cool way. And I don't know if she was like, right? You said it was for who? Did she take? Her clothes off? No. She had a two-piece on, so she kind of had already a two-piece situation, and the moves, though, was just sexual. Check out my own Erica Badu page, but the axe was mm. off the chain. Uh, her daughter, uh, Puma, also came on stage and did a performance, man, and it was fantastic, incredible performance um, done by her. She usually come out and do a couple, you know, la-la-la-la, you know, Puma, but this time she came out and did a whole, you know, set. And then Erica Badu killed it, man. Came nice. on the show. Man, super nice, man. A lot of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to next year uh, event, man. It'll be probably year six, I think. So yeah, I'm, See, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come down for one because I'm gonna tell you when I was uh, in New York City, I did go see her, um, Erica Badu, and her. Her opened up at the Barclays, and. I had got tickets. I don't know if I've told this story or not, but I got tickets off a of Groupon. The tickets were $20, right? So um, I was working in a place called Poughkeepsie, New York. So we were going to, me and a couple of my coworkers, we caught the train. It's just like an hour, hour and a half. Um, takes you straight through from Poughkeepsie to New York City. Dropped us right off at Grand Central. You know, we caught the subway and went right to the Barclays. Literally, it drops you right in front of the Barclays. You go up the stairs, boom, you're there. So the tickets we had, you know, were way up in the nosebleed. And I'm like, okay, I know I doing hurt. You know, no disrespect. I just knew they were not going to sell out the Barclays. Shit, I be a motherfucker. They not only sold out the Barclays, it was not one seat available in there and we were so high up like literally we were so high up in the stands at the Barclays that it was only like three rows above me that's how high up we were and oh, people okay. yeah we were in the nose nose bleeds at the Barclays they saw every seat out we were watching people me and my um co-workers were watching people walk up the stairs and people that were afraid of heights, we literally seen them shaking <laughs> and shivering and holding on to the railing. And some people just was like, ah, oh, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I can't do it. And turn back around. Because <laughs> we, was, we was up so high. But when I tell you um, that concert was the bomb, oh, man, it was I remember the bomb. That. I remember yeah. that, man. Uh, hearing, hearing okay. the, uh, you said what happened? No, I just but, said it was the, the bomb. Like it was the bomb. Then um, the intermission. So it wasn't even supposed to be an intermission. It was just like her performed. She rocked it the fuck out. And then we were supposed to have to wait. And then Erica Badu would come. 
Well, I guess uh, DJ Funkmaster Flex and Erica Badu is homies. Yeah, shout out to Flex. Flex. So Flex found out she was performing, and he just bought his equipment like shit. I'm I'm getting on your show. Came in, and the intermission for while she was getting ready to come on stage was like a whole hour of DJ Funkmaster Flex. And what didn't nobody care? Because when I t- tell you he turned up the Barclays and it was an all-out party club scene going on, oh, it was ridiculous. It was people that was literally, I had some, some ladies that were behind me. And they, listen, I, they had to be from the islands because the way they was twerking, <laughs> that's some shit you only see. Like if you go to Jamaica, like yeah, they was on the island. Dance hall queen shit. One of them was in a handstand in her chair, and I'm like, "Girl, if you fall, you gonna die." Cause we were that <laughs> high up. She didn't miss a beat. Was going, going, going. I said, "Damn!" It was like a whole party. That's that's one of the best concerts I've been to. Next to mm-hmm. somebody like Frankie Beverly and Maze, I seen them in Shaka Khan in uh, Detroit mm-hmm. at an all white party at the amphitheater, and that you shit was definitely fun. You know what I want to see in concert, man, Trees? Uh, and he was recently on the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Uh, Charlie Wilson, man. That's who I want to see in concert. They said that motherfucker put on a show, man. He put on a show. Let me tell you. My auntie, shout out to my aunt. Her name's Letha May. Letha <laughs> May. Shout out to my aunt Letha May. Shout out to Letha May. Yeah. I love that shout name, though. I never heard it. Letha May. She says Charlie Murphy is the finest man she done ever seen in her life. And he got the prettiest <laughs> teeth in the world. <laughs> I think I think he said it on the Breakfast Club. They said something about his teeth. I think he said that's his teeth. If it's not, it doesn't matter. The man is amazing, yeah. man. And he was just hitting he does random contest. He, he does kills. a good contest. Yeah, he, he does. Kills. I'm going to tell you, when you get to um, musicians that are of that age range and caliber like it's it comes naturally to them you know it's yep. just it's just nature um and it's just perfect um when i went to see shaka khan and frankie beverly and Mays, let me tell you frankie beverly and Mays, it's like putting in the cd and listening to it they sound just like they mm. they sound just if you listen to a cd a record string name music what you hear they sound just like that another one that does a good concert i went to see her because this was her last tour anita baker oh man i went to see anita i went to see anita miss baker yeah. oh i went to see miss baker man, she clowns man. she clowns and she moving across she moves across that stage, man. Even at her age right now, she's moving across that stage. I I you seen a couple of uh, I seen a couple of videos on you know, of course, the internet. And man, dude, she moving side by side. I mean, she ain't Absolutely. doing a patty shake, but she Absolutely. moving side by side and doing her thing, man. Let me tell you, I went to that concert. Me and um, uh, you know, who I was dating at that time, we went to the concert, and I'm gonna tell you, we were the youngest folks up in there like it was everybody that was like our parents age and like our grandparents age like mm-hmm. it was not no young folks in that concert but when I tell you we stepped out clean uh, we stepped out clean I said you know what this is Anita I got a little mink shawl and a hat I said let me pull out my mink for tonight <laughs> I got a you know what I'm saying these, these old hey. folks in here you know they dress different that's uh-huh. a different you know that's a different age range I said, let me uh, pull out my mink and uh, got me a little suede and leather skirt. Oh, I had to do it. Some little uh, diamond encrusted, what not diamond encrusted, what you call it, the Swarovski crystal uh, loafers. Oh, I was in it. I was in it to win it. Say super clean, super clean. Clean as a motherfucker. Cleaner than a cleaner than a board of health, you hear me? Man. (laughs) Man, I need a baker. (laughs) She off the chain. Uh, I hate I missed her last tour, man, because I knew. I mean, I haven't seen her at all ever live, but I knew, yeah. man, this was her last go around. I'm like, I should go and see it, but I had um, to. Shout out to M4. One of the favorite songs I enjoy playing uh, while yeah uh, is is um 
Jeez, sweet I, love. I built it up and, and forgot. What'd you say? Sweet love. Sweet, sweet love. love. I need a baker. Absolutely. Yeah, we killed it. It was so funky. We used to blow the shit out of that. Man, it was so we funky. We blow the shit out of that. Yep. Shout out to yeah. Info Man. Shout Another out to Info one, too. I, I miss playing when I was in the band. And it just shows, like, when we came through, we really did have a high caliber of musicianship when we were in band. We really did. Um, one of my favorites to play was Love's Train. Ooh, I love playing. Man. <laughs> yeah, definitely Love Train. Love Train was a good one. Man. Oh, man. That's and me then, screaming. Uh, <laughs> man, um... What's what's cat name from Chicago, man? He used to funk, uh, freak the mug, uh, freak the mess out that mug too. Uh, what's the cat name? Not Harold Booster, but let's name, huh? What instrument he play? No, he wasn't an instrument. He's a band director. So the band director, um, help me out, man. He so it's not who it's not Booster. Yeah, it's not Fooster, light-skinned cat, went to Grambling State, light-skinned, but from Mr. Chicago, e. drove the GTA. Mr. Evans, Mr. Uh, e. Yeah, Mr. Evans, that's what I'm saying, help me out. Root to the bros. Yeah. Man, listen, e. when he hit that love, love train, man, he go crazy when he hit that love train. Yeah, he do, he do. He wants you He wants you to blast that mug. Yeah. yeah blast that mug. Mr. Evans, man, he came Mr. in, Evans. that's my crab brother, low-key, he uh, followed 03. Izzy, oh, he Yeah, that's my crab brother. Listen, Mr. E was, hey, he didn't, hey, was you on the bus when Mr. E pledged the bus? Hey, Baby, so what I bus he was on? Because I'm on two. Shout out to bus number two. <laughs> I'm on bus number two, man. All I was going to say is Mr. E pledged the bus, man. Anytime you got, I got all respect for people like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I'm finna get in this frat, and I already know they pledged. I'm old, but I'm going to go ahead and pledge, too. I respect mm. folks like that. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Mr. E's the dude, man. He really is. He a cool dude. No, Mr. E is good, man. Shout out to UAPB, man. We shouted out them on our previous episode, man. Flagship of the Delta, man. And I'll tell you, Absolutely. I think it's really at this point. I think it's at this point where we really need to shout out another HBCU. So every week on Finesse Media, what a great segue. Uh, every week on Finesse Media, <laughs> man, we shout out HBCUs. Uh, again, if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted and you want to bring yourself on to represent your university, let's do that together. So Finesse Media Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Let us know that your HBCU is one that's doing big things, which all of them are. So this week in our Finesse Media podcast, uh, HBCU will be coming up right next. Here we go. Historically black colleges and universities commonly called HBCUs are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principal was and is the education of black Americans and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week. All right. So this week, our HBCU of choice is Shaw University. Not to be confused with Shaw College, okay? This is Shaw University. Shaw University is a private Baptist liberal arts institution and historically black university in Raleigh, North Carolina. Founded on December 1st, 1865, Shaw University was the first HBCU in the Southern United States. It has been called the mother of African-American colleges in North Carolina. As the founding president of North Carolina Central University, Elizabeth State University, and Fayetteville State University are all Shaw alumni. The founder of Livingstone College studied at Shaw before transferring to Lincoln University, what became North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University was located on Shaw's campus during its first year. 
Shaw University is affiliated with the General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina and a member of National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated, which supports the Shaw University Divinity School. Along with Howard University, Hampton University, Lincoln University, PA, and Virginia Union University, Shaw was a co-founding member of the NCAA Division II's Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association Conference, the CIAA, the oldest African-American athletic association in the U.S. The university was, um, excuse me, the university has won CIAA championships in football, basketball, both women's and men, tennis, both tennis, excuse me, both women's and men, and volleyball. The school was founded by the American Baptist Home Mission Society. Henry Martin Tupper came south immediately after the end of the Civil War, establishing the Second Baptist Church of Raleigh, changed to Tabernacle Baptist Church in 1910, and now the Tupper Memorial Baptist Church. Later, Tupper and his Bible study students constructed a two-story uh, church with one story for the church and one for Raleigh Institution, where he taught freed men. By 1915, supported by the American Baptist Home Mission, the school had 291 students, evenly divided between men and women. Today's HBCU of the Week, Shaw University. That's what's up. Make some noise at Shaw University. Um, and we love all our HBCUs. So, once again, if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted on the Finesse Media Podcast, hit us up, finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. Trees, man, I can't tell you how often and how well you do what you do uh, when you're doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, and I love learning about these motherfuckers. Like, I love learning about the HBCUs, <laughs> respectfully said. I shouldn't say motherfuckers, but respectfully said, man. I'm shout out dead. to my HBCU alumni. <laughs> I'm dead. You love learning about these. We have lots these. of fun, man. We have lots of fun on this podcast, you love man. Learning about these, what? <laughs> you love learning about these, what? I love learning about these motherfuckers. That's a real yeah. heartfelt comment, though. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm a product of an HBCU, so I love to have fun with our HBCUs, man. But I'm going to have even Absolutely. more fun. Treat. We're about to have even more fun. We're about to have even more fun because we got our special guest of this episode. And uh, we can't wait to speak with her. We've already prepped you guys on kind of who is coming on this episode. But it's no other than one of my sororities from Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Sheree Nicole is super like talented and amazing and doing so many different things. And so I hope that you get from this uh, episode of, from this guest on this episode, a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. And as you know, on Finesse Media, we bring people on the show that's finessing the game, hence Finesse Media. So when we bring people on this show, know that you're going to hopefully learn something new and take it back. So it's a brand new day again on Finesse Media Podcast, and I want to welcome at this time once again my sorority sister, man, and thank you so much for joining us on Finesse Media Podcast, Miss Sheree Nicole, girl. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? What's going on, Fred? What's up, Zora, thank man? You, thank you. I love that applause. That's so fun. That's so fun. <laughs> I like that sound effect. That's amazing. Thank you. I feel so special. What's up? What's up? Well, I, you got, first of all, I don't ascribe to the MF comment about the HBCUs, but it was very funny. I just <laughs> want to point that out. <laughs> it was no, definitely, fun. definitely, and I know we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But you're an alumni from Northern Illinois University, right? That is correct. Yeah, man, I, I know that Northern. Uh, my my cousin went there, and you're by way of Chicago, so I've been up there a couple of times visiting uh, Northern University and uh, checking out that prestigious campus. But yeah, man, shout out to Zeta Phi Beta, man. Celebrate 100 years, Sheree, man. How you feel? So We're just turning up. We're turning up. We had an amazing centennial celebration um, just last month, as you know, um, and mm -hmm. the world should know, actually. And then we're going to do it once again in June. So I'm very, very excited about being a part. And it's just, you know, honestly, you know, that experience last month, it was really eye-opening for me and really life-changing. And it's just a testament to how strong Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated is and how 
we have such a wide range of soulers, people from different backgrounds, age ranges. Just the level of love and respect was just, was just amazing. So it was dope. Yes. I've seen many photos. Shout out to Selena Johnson. Uh, shout out to Salisha Thompson, who's a friend and who's a Vanessa now. Yeah, man, we had her on a couple of episodes back, but man, really, uh, Zeta Phi Beta has taken off. And I think, uh, shout out to Spur uh, Hollingsworth, who I think from a branding standpoint, yes. no diss to anybody. I love my sore roles, especially the Basilisk, you know, previously. But this woman, Ms. Hollingsworth, Grand Basilisk. Is off the chain. I think her energy that surrounds Zeta Phi Beta at this time is just necessary, yeah. man. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I've been in, in conversations with her about some, some things coming up in June. And I got to tell you, it's, she's next level and she gets it. And so, like you said, it's, it's obviously no disrespect to any of the, the grands that have come before her. But she understands how to connect and build those bridges between the new age that, you know, millennials and such that are coming up, mm-hmm. and then also the older sororities, you know, the, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for, the Gen X, the Gen Xers and, and, yeah. and the baby boomers. So for her to be able to, to build a bridge like that, but also give everybody a great experience and then provide opportunities for everyone to, to communicate and find that there's really a sixth degree of separation between all of us. So I, she, just, yeah. she just gets it and she goes for it and she's a risk taker. And she's all about having a good time. So, you know, yeah. and, and, and in all the of East that, Coast. functioning in excellence. It's no, it's no, it's no better. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like what my segue is to the next topic, I guess, is a perfect segue. She's almost like a super band, grand basilisk, the way she embodies, you know, all of the yeah, different generations. Yeah. And, and like yourself, a super producer. We're going to talk about it. A super producer. <laughs> <laughs> but TV One, man. So we like to let our, you know, listeners know about the amazing things and the brands and stuff that people are doing. But was this mm-hmm. a number one passion for you? We'll talk about your sports, and we talked about Zeta, but your, in your sports later. But with your craft, and I think you do a dope job. So please send me notes because I know that you know the producing world. <laughs> so send me notes. But real talk, man. Was this a passion for you, Sharif? Was this a passion for you? you? Know, was this your number one passion? It's interesting. It was not. It's interesting that you asked me that. Um, my my number one passion was being on camera, which I which I still do in conjunction with producing. Um, when I was when I decided basketball wasn't for me, that was probably around. Well, I bet I wasn't going to play professionally. That was about 2008. I finished out my career in 2009, and around that time, I said, you know what? What else do I love to do as much as basketball, if not more? And how can I? create some level of meaning and impact for my life beyond basketball. And it's very difficult for athletes to kind of make that transition, especially when you play most of your life. And so um, television became what I leaned on. And and as I continue to be in the industry and I went to grad school at Northwestern and and in that program, I realized TV was always kind of in my life and in my space and a passion of mine. I just hadn't fully tapped in because I was so distracted by, by sports. And so, um, when I went to, you know, started taking courses and things of that sort in undergrad, midway through, um, it was always to be on camera, always reporting. In conjunction with that, you know, our professors had us writing scripts and learning how to do the production side of the industry, too. Because when I was in, in undergrad and even grad school, we were moving into this one-man band type of phase of the industry, where it wasn't mm-hmm. enough for you to have one or two specialized skills to keep a job. You had to know how to do everything. And so, you know, in, in terms of of that, I still was reporting, but I also learned how to edit, produce, and things of that sort. So when I graduated grad school, on my way to graduating, it was time to really make a decision. And my professors were like, hey, you're great on camera. You'd be great. But just know you'll probably have to do news, which I hated. And you probably won't make much money, which is boring and stupid. And you probably will have to move somewhere where you don't want to live. Negative, negative, negative. And so wow. at that time in my life, I didn't want to make those decisions. I wasn't ready. I'm from Chicago. I wanted to stay near near my family. Um, I didn't want to be broke and I didn't want to do news. And so I was like, okay. They were like, well, if you take the producer out, you can get in the industry, you move up the ranks a little bit faster. You know, you make a a good living starting out and you can work your way to the front. I said, okay, cool. I'll do that. And I got to tell you, they were right and they were wrong. It's been very difficult for me and and everybody doesn't have the story, but very difficult for me to segue and really turn the corner and open that door into the on-camera side as much as I would like because when you're really good at something and when you're really – actually, when you're really great at something, that's how people identify with you, and that's what they expect from you. And sometimes you hit these areas where people put you in these boxes, and it's very difficult for them to open that box and allow you to function fully in the, in the full realm of your potential. Mm. And so 
um, even though I'm, you know, producing and still have this innate desire to be on camera, I was still great at producing, and I still am. And so you do what you do to try to get where you want to go. Ultimately, I want to be a, a twofold of producing it on camera. And so as I moved through the industry, I got better at producing and better and better and better and become kind of what you would call this super producer. And I'm not, yes. you know, I think that as I've gotten older, I've learned that it's okay to say who you are. A lot of times we feel like we have to be so humble and dismiss the greatness that's in us, right? So you walk around and be like, yeah, I guess you know, I'm pretty good. No, I'm great at my job. I'm great at it. And if you're great mm-hmm. at something, you should be able to go in, in rooms and tell people, I do this really well. I'm great at this. I can be an asset here. And so it's kind of just become that for me. It's kind of my career's kind of morphed into something that I'm still trying to put a, a finger on. Um, but it wasn't my first choice. But for anybody that's kind of in a place where they're working in an arena that isn't their first choice, don't be discouraged by that. Keep pushing for what you ultimately want. But also get the most out of where you are because there's still a reason why you're there. And it's okay that's to right. be versatile look great. So if I can be the greatest producer I can be, ultimately I'll be on camera in the, in the capacity I want to and now have both versus just lean, just walking around complaining, having a bad time because I don't have the on-camera um, persona that, you know, people aren't identifying with me that way and only producing. Okay. But it doesn't always have to be that way. I've learned so much from producing. I've met so many amazing people. I've, I've, I've become better in a different, in a, a more evolved individual. And I can't say that that would happen had I, had I done it the other way that I initially wanted. Because now when you're mm-hmm. on camera and you know how everything works behind it, you can function a lot more seamlessly. It's a lot of people that are on camera that have no understanding of production. And they're harder to work I'm with. Not you. because they're difficult, but because they don't know. Right, right. Now, <laughs> my question is, because, you know, producing isn't where you started at, right? You started and then you evolved into that. How was the adjustment for you? Was it a huge challenge? Was it smooth? Like, how was that adjustment for you? You know, I, it was pretty natural for me, and I'll tell you why. Because the level of instruction that I had and, and the instruct the professors that I had in college – they really taught us to be, they taught me producing in conjunction to report. So I think the biggest thing for me was walking away from basketball and being okay with it. That was mm. a bigger adjustment for me than it was going into producing. Because by the time I was knee deep in my program in school, you knew if you're reporting, you're producing as well. You didn't have a choice. And so you just learned that they go hand in hand. And even how I function now, they're one and the same to me because that's how I was taught. So, but when someone tells you, Oh, you've been playing basketball since you were eight. Hey, you're 22 now. It's time to stop. That's mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, looking back, your rebound game was super strong. You know <laughs> what? I did have, I had hopped back in the day before my knees gave out. Yeah, yeah. We done you know, so look, looked you up a little bit. So my question you know, is, what? So funny. What, what what are you looking like on them courts nowadays? Like like if somebody okay. was like, come on, we finna play a game of horse. Like, do you still got a wet jumper or not? Oh yeah, we gonna turn up. Yeah, don't you, you don't be deceived. Just because people have retired and they would be considered <laughs> to be washed, washed up, I sank down. Okay, I still get my shots up. Uh, you mentioned Selena Johnson earlier. That's like my family. We her husband Kiwan played professional basketball. Um, in the NBA and the Euro League, and Selena's a basketball person as well. So we get on the court sometimes and do drills and all types of things. Like we're still in high school. Are you Very still hooping? Everybody still hooping. Grown. Yes. That's and I'm nice. gonna tell you, the last workout still I had with, with um, Selena's husband, Kiwan, guys, I could not move from the neck down. I was sore from the neck down for two days. So, <laughs> wow. And again, I'm at the gym all the time working out, but it's so so. But That's it's, a different it's, type of workout, in, though. Exactly. Yeah. But if you want me yeah. to jump in, I'm I'm going to do that. If you want to challenge me, I'm going to accept the challenge. That's for anybody listening. So Ooh, there you go. I can take your money. Fuck your shit. Fuck your shit. <laughs> Wait, Mike dropped in this motherfucker. Mike can drop. Fuck your shit. You she said, forget. I still listen. I still, I still will go hard in the paint. Yeah, but still going no, let hard. Let me tell y'all something because this is one of my biggest pet peeves, right? Sometimes when guys try to talk to me, you know, they, they, you know, guys try to figure out how to talk to a woman sometimes. So they go, they, they, they meet them in the area or they speak to the area of familiarity, right? So they're like, they're like, yeah, I bet I could beat you. And hooping. I'm like, guys, I'm 33. I haven't played in over 10 years. I don't care. That's actually irritating to me. 
Like, right. see beyond the game. Mm. Like, you're weird. Who says that to some? This is not like love and basketball. So it's kind of funny. Like, you know, I don't talk about my playing days as much anymore. Nowhere near some people. Like, I'm meeting them. Like, I never knew you played. I'm like, because I, yeah, it's still a big part of my life. But at the same time, I'm so, I'm so tapped you're into evolved. where I'm trying to go professionally. You're outside of it. I've evolved from that. So I don't go around yeah. talking about how much I play basketball. But it's always fun to talk about it. But yeah, I was a defensive staff. I just said, y'all know. I used to, oh, I used yeah. to hang up on defense and uh, yeah, jump out of jail. We, we peeped you. We peeped you. Rebound <laughs> game was pretty straight there. Rebound yeah, game knees, was straight. My poor mm-hmm. knees, they, they're terrible now. But I, I was I was that person. So, like, a lot of it's funny. I look at some of these WNBA players now, and I'm like, man, I guard you. Because I played at the University of Wisconsin before Northern. So I was there for two years. And so yeah. I was playing against, you know, the Notre Dames and all those schools. And um, I look back, and I was like – you know, I look at the WNBA and I'm like, man, I played against her. I played against her. They would put and me I like used the best to suffer shit. Do you what? be thinking like that when you watch the games? Like, damn, I remember playing against her and she couldn't get off no shot on me. <laughs> yeah, I used to yep, hold the a, shit out of her. You know, we don't play anymore. <laughs> that's what you you got to let the people know what time it is. So you'd be like, damn, <laughs> they had me on her. She ain't getting nothing. No, she only she averaged she 13. Ain't getting she nothing. Only scored 15 on me. Yeah, yeah. Check that's my record. That's what you check my resume. I played her back there in 19 whatever, yes, and she didn't get shit on me. <laughs> so <laughs> just, just so I got another off. question for you. What okay. has been one of the funniest moments that has happened to you in the entertainment world? Tell me a story oh of the funny, some funny ass shit that happened. Oh my god, this is tough because everything is funny to me. <laughs> oh man, not everything. Y'all, you guys are bogus because you all should have gave me a prep sheet. But you know what? I, I actually had damn. a segue. I had a, I had a segue in my last, in, in the last question because I wanted to go into you know what you're doing in Sister Circle and producing mm-hmm. that because I know on that platform which airs on TV One. If y'all don't know, but Sister Circle, man, real quick. I mean, that's a segue. We're not going to let you go on that question because we want to know. Oh, yeah. On Sister Circle. I can think and, and talk at the same time. We good. I can right. think about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll give you time to think about it. But as you've been on that platform, being a producer on Sister Circle mm-hmm. uh, on TV1, what has that experience been like and how did that opportunity happen? I mean, we see you with Selena and we, we may think maybe that how it, that's how it happened, but a lot of people don't even know that you are behind the scenes. I think some people may think you're like <laughs> Selena's coach and that's that part, but no, you're like a whole employee of this production of Sister Circle. So, how the hell did this opportunity happen, and what has that experience been like? And we're gonna follow up on that. What's been wild question too? But what has that experience been like, Sora? Yo, you, you know it's funny you say that about Selena because optics are so like you, you. People think like when she was training for a fitness competition, they thought I was her trainer. It was I'm very telling strange. you. I have known Selena since I was like 15 years old. We we met actually in the gym because we had the same trainer. It's very weird. But I've <laughs> known her for a long time. <laughs> and funny thing is, I was working at a previous job, um, and I quit that. I resigned May 2017. Um, and, you know, Sister Circle hadn't yet happened, but it was in motion. And so I don't know if anybody, you know, you guys know what a green light is. So, hey, they uh, present a concept or a show to a particular network. The network says, hey, I want it. And you get, that's what they call the green light. So Sister Circle at that time, you know, moving forward, was moving forward. They were hiring. And um, Selena reached out to me and said, hey, I know you're moving on. Um, just, you know, just a thought. You want me to shoot your information over and just to see? And so she kind of started it. And obviously, I had to earn it. So there were several interviews that ensued after that. But she did initially pass my, my resume on to the executive producer at the time. And so after several, you know, Skype interviews and interviews and things of that sort, they decided that I was a good fit. Um, and I would say, you know, for me, where there's no purpose, there's no passion. And, and mm-hmm. really where there's no purpose, there's no purpose for me to be there. And so being... Oh, my God. Wait. Stop. 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 Sora. Please. You can't just let that jewel drop. Say that one where there time. is no purpose, what? Come again. Where there's no purpose, there's no purpose for me to be there. So I'm not just a super producer, I'm a purpose producer. So everywhere I go, there's intention behind why I'm going there. And initially it is to impact or to reach an audience I I believe is in need of my gift. So mm. when I came to Sister Circle, it wasn't just about I mean, she looked out for me, right? And that's what we're supposed to do as well. If you have access to an opportunity that you know somebody has the capacity 
to function in successfully. You mm-hmm. help pro- provide that. So that's what she did. And so, you know, for me, it's like, okay, this is a show hosted by four black women. Ding, 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 I'm a black woman. This is a show that um, is on TV One. Ding, 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 love TV One. I, I worked for the, for the network exclusively um, at a previous time in my career. Okay, that's great. Ding, 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 we're servicing black women. We're giving them an opportunity to have a voice, to be able to, to have a, a vision for what they feel and to actually be able to see black women say and feel what they feel and experience every day. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. I'm supposed to do this. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I've worked at black media so long, it just seemed like the natural, purposeful thing to do. And so while I've been working on the show, you know, I, it's had to stretch muscles that I haven't had to stretch at other jobs and I've had to do things that were super, super easy and great and things that were super, super challenging. But the totality of it, I think, has just helped me greatly on a relational level. I have met so many people. First of all, with Tape in Atlanta, I don't know if, you know, for those listening, Tape in Atlanta, and Atlanta's always felt like a home to me. I have family roots here and I always visit when I was younger. And so to be able to come here and actually live, I was really excited about. And so the level of, of people I've connected with in this industry and, and even outside of it has really changed my life. And I would say that's the biggest thing I've been able to take away is these relationships. Some of them have been business, some of them have been purpose, um, personal and the like. So I think it's just been an honor to be able to um, contribute to something that's never been done, first of all, um, and at the same time to see to see the seeds grow. And I look at this team. Our team of producers is amazing. Our hosts are amazing. Like, everybody's great. Our staff is great. We're one big family. And to have that familial space that I come into every day and then to be able to really love what I do and utilize the passion and the gift that God has given me to really give to my community, People mm-hmm. that need it, because you gotta think, what kind of social circle what do you have? And this is no shade to any other talk show. But what I'm saying nope. is, you don't have any other show on a national platform with black women only as the host. Yep. It doesn't yep. exist. And so, and you know what? Also, away, also. Yeah, go ahead. I'm also, about the platform where you you said it specifically, where it's for black women, but the, the the amount of content or the type of content that you guys put up consistently, intentionally, I'm sure, but consistently, I don't know any other show that's doing that. I'm just saying, I don't see any you know other what? show. I, I love that compliment. That's so nice. And you know what else? I agree with you. And also, our prime, our main demo is black women, but the fun thing about our show is our hosts are so amazing. They're amazing personalities anyway mm-hmm. and amazing human beings that they're able to take concepts and make them not just relatable to black women, but black males, white women. It, it, we cross culture, cross, yeah. cross generational, cross culture, cross generational. And when you're able to do that, then you're doing the work. You're, you're doing what you're what your purpose to do, because, yes, our niche audience is black women. But when you're able to extend beyond that and garner interest from people from all walks of life. That's when you know you're doing something right. Like you're doing the right thing. And I think our entire team is very intentional every day about doing the right thing. So for me, it's a blessing to know that I'm in partnership. I'm on a team where people want to be have integrity and do the right thing every yep. single day. And you don't always get that. You don't. That is not something that's common, at least in my experience in the entertainment industry. So I'm very grateful for that. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing. Keep doing it, man. It is. It is. So we going to bounce back to it. I'm going to throw the bounce pass right back to you. So give me one of the... You got it? I got you. One of the funniest things that ever happened. So I produce... I helped spearhead a segment called The Sister Cam. For our show, and basically, I take the ladies out to do activities that were actually quite embarrassing and bananas. And so, one of the activities I took them to was a haunted house. Okay, Trina is deathly afraid of haunted houses, <laughs> like deathly afraid of them. Okay, I um, Selena's like whatever, just don't let it be bugs and spiders. She doesn't do bugs at all. Quad is having the time of her life. She's not scared of anything, and Rashawn is terrified. Guys, if you could see. The levels of screaming, running, cursing, crazy. No, I remember that episode, house. man. I remember it that episode you guys shooting at. Crazy. That was crazy. It was the most insane thing. And the funniest thing I've ever been a part of or produced, and I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at anything that I've done with them, 
than that. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts. The only thing that comes close to it is we. I did some Mother's Day sister cam, and I went to um, Selena's house, and her mother, Brenda Thompson, was the star of the day. And they took Shout her to the gym to, to work out. Shout out to Brenda Thompson. They took her to the gym. It was insane. I'm talking <laughs> crazy town. She doesn't do gyms. That's not her thing, okay? She loves politics. She don't go down. If she goes to the gym, she's getting on the treadmill to walk, and that's it. We put on the mic, put weights in her hands. It was really a sight to see. So that comes a close second. But that hand hand, nothing like it. <laughs> you watch these, like, grown, elevated women, right, turn into these, like, little children, like, scary, scurrying around. And, and they did this, they had this thing where, like, if you were scared, they made you put a, um, a pet on Man, wow. it, it definitely it it really was a good episode. I remember uh, you guys posting it. Uh, I guess some of the footage before it went live, uh, on, you know, on on the network. But to see the full yeah. episode, man, it, it was a good time. Them ladies were scared as hell, man. And uh, <laughs> and me knowing Lena too, she don't do bugs, she don't do that shit. So I totally understand no it, man. But Cherie, man, you're producing for X Hooper. What's next, man? What's next? You know, I'm glad you asked. I'm working on developing some projects. Um, we got a docu series. Uh, me and Selena are working on. I and, and like I mentioned earlier, um, she spent nine months training to become a fitness competitor, competing in her first competition. And um, for those who follow her, we have a we started a movement and a, and a mini series on ITTV called From One Stage to the Next, and that is now blossoming into a full length like documentary docu series setup. So. Oh, now where everything is, is 
you know, people get their groceries delivered, and you don't really have mm-hmm. to move around. You get Uber Eats and everything. You can just sit in your house and kind of do your own thing, but get outside of yourself enough to know that if you really want to tap into your fullest level of greatness, it's attached to someone else. It's attached mm. to a village. It's attached Ooh, to a person. There it's you go. To an intercessor. Like, there you go. Always attached to somebody else. Man, I'm listen. I, I, I can't listen, y'all. I, I prepared her before she came on. Cherie, man, <laughs> listen. You dropping so many jewels, but you off the nest in the game. So many. Oh, and doing your thing. I, I really thank you so much for joining this episode, man. For those who listening, man, make sure you check her out, Cherie, man. Let people know how they can follow you and keep up with all this greatness that you got going. All right, guys. So you can follow me at Cherie, S-H-A-R-I underscore Nicole, N-Y-C-O-L-E. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, Netflix is not paying me for it, but if you follow me on Instagram already, you know I've been pushing Love is Blind. The last, the season finale is out tonight, and we're turning up, and I'm talking about it on my Instagram all night, so make sure you guys check it out. Again, Netflix is not paying me, but I'm so addicted to the show, I just get some free promotion, so yeah, check that out. But it's what you just said. Your destiny is is, is, is tied to who, you know, uh, or to another person. So it might be Netflix, man. We definitely speak that over your career. You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Let's get down the hallway with our head up and don't put your head down on your phone when you walk up past somebody you don't know. How about you say hi to somebody you don't know today? Or tomorrow when you go down the street. That could be the person that that imparts something in you that will change your whole destiny. There you go. It could be a moment where you're not even being an opportunity. And I think we associate opportunity with an actual tangible move. Like, I got this job. No. I got this work. And if I sit that in my spirit and move, that word that I received, then I can walk into my opportunity. So we got to, again, change that perspective. I think we're reaching out for, th- for, for these big miracles. Every day is a miracle. Every opportunity you get to open your eyes and walk around and be in your right mind and not be laid up in the hospital and function and quick think critically, that's a miracle. God is in the small and the supposed big thing. He doesn't see bigger small. He's God. You know what I mean? So we got we to gotta understand every day that's your big thing. That's your miracle. So make the most of it. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. If this producing thing don't work, perhaps basketball. If the basketball <laughs> don't work out, perhaps preaching. If perhaps preaching don't work, go with motivation speaking. Motivation speaking. Yeah, yeah. You got to be on my mother's side. Of church folk, evangelists, and deacons, and pastors, and all that stuff. So they just, you know, they've been they've been training up, been training me up, and my sisters and my cousins. Since we were kids, so I don't know. But however, again, I, this is a platform you guys have allowed grace me to be on and invited me on and to, to share. And so, you know, it's not about me. It's about what can I say to make somebody see something differently to help change their life. It's already changed. Be able to talk. That's what That's right. Right. Just to be able to have a platform. Like I told you guys, a lot of people have a difficult time seeing me beyond behind the camera. So when someone pulls me from behind and allows me to express. That, that, that's all I need. I'm Amen. good. So how do I capitalize off of that? Help somebody else. And DNA don't lie, man. Shout out to your Uncle A.C. <laughs> Green, man. That man oh, is amazing. Y'all, y'all, if you y'all don't know who A.C. Green is, hey. he might be coming onto this podcast, man. But Let me tell you something. DNA don't lie. Uncle Curtis. And I call him Uncle Curtis. He's my Uncle Curtis, okay? I'm his oldest niece, all right? And so he goes by Alan Curtis. That's where A.C. Green comes from. But anybody that knows me for real, Everybody calls him Uncle Curtis. Everybody that knows me, that knows that knows me. So it's so funny that everybody's like, A.C. Green, I'm like, that's Uncle Curtis. It's like, who is A.C. Green? I don't know. That's Uncle Curtis. I'm so proud of him, and it's been, I've, I've learned so much, and I'm so inspired by him. Uncle Curtis, has been, or A.C. Green, has been holding it down on the radio holding it for down. 10 years. And well, Sheree, like, I'm really, going really to send you with a front challenge, man. I'm going to send you with a okay. front challenge. Uh, tell A.C. Green we need him on the podcast, man. We definitely want to share oh, his he, voice and his platform. He got a lot. Right now. I got you. He got a lot going on. So hit him up. Sheree, man, thank you, you so me. much for joining this episode of Finesse Media Podcast, so man. Y'all been finesse. One of our finesses. We thank you so much, Sora, for joining this platform. If you need us, need us for anything. Hit us up, man. Sheree, thank you so much, Sora. Thank you all so much. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for talking to me. God bless you. Yes.
That's what's up, man. And that's it. (laughs) Our episode is over, man. Thank you for joining another episode of Finesse Media Podcast with my co-host, Teresa Millionaire, man. Teresa, I'm out of here, girl. Thank you for listening to Finesse Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Latrice Murray Views. Quality photography that won't break the bank. Contact Latrice Murray Views Photography today at lmviewsphoto at gmail.com to book your photo shoot today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.